You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast, Mock Draft Monday, Monday, April 13th. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We'll be joined by Ryan Wilson and R.J. White shortly. We will do some mock chatter and do some NFC, AFC West team-by-team needs. Next Monday, um, we have, uh, we're going to do a live mock draft of sorts. We're going to get a couple people on the horn, rip through a mock draft. There might be some trades involved. It'll be a fun time. So, Make sure and uh, subscribe, rate, and review, or just subscribe so you can get that podcast. Uh, coming up this week, we're going to go through the most interesting teams in the draft over uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, two teams each day, and then bust down some defensive prospect rankings with Chris Trapasso um, and uh, Brian McFadden, as well as Emery Hunt. Should be exciting times. Make sure and watch if you're uh, if it's before noon. Go fire up your CBS Sports app and watch our CBS Sports HQ Mock Draft Mocktacular. Uh, it'll be from 12 to 3. I will be grading all the picks. There are a bunch of insane trades. The whole thing is bananas. Um, and then at from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m., we have our CBS our Pick 6 podcast show on CBS Sports HQ. Feel free to come check that out as well. Uh, joining me now to talk some draft stuff, Ryan Wilson. Hey, Ryan. Happy Easter. It, that was yesterday, but thank you. And R.J. White. What's up, Bill O'Brinson? Bill, Bill O'Brinson. I like it. I name my son, my next, if I have another child, name him Bill O. Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brinson. Uh, I'm not going to really do that. So virtual pro day videos are starting to really be a thing. We talked about it on Friday's Pick 6 Pod Show, but uh, Tua did an hour-long workout with uh, Trent Dilfer, it appeared, and um, filmed it all. And the the video, to no one's surprise, was leaked onto the Internet. How much stock are you putting into Tua's performance, RJ? Uh, it means nothing. I mean, it means even less than the drills at the combine. You know, the scouts, coaches, personnel, they aren't there to evaluate. They aren't there to get their own standardized testing numbers with some of these pro days. So when you see, you know, these 4.1540s or whatever these guys are running, it doesn't mean anything at all. I mean, from a player's side, you understand the reasoning for it. You try to build up buzz. Hope that that visibility helps your stock, you know, if your name is out there. But nobody is changing their two evaluations based on those videos, you know. I'm with you, RJ. I mean, it means... It would mean something if they released the video and he's out there throwing balls through the windows or short hopping passes everywhere. Then you'd be like, oh, two is clearly not the same player we saw a year ago. He looked great, um, as you might expect. He moved around well, which is great news for him. But I, I think RJ's right. Whatever the, the evaluation these NFL teams have of him probably haven't changed based on um, that 15-minute workout. So um, glad he's doing better. I hope he's a top-10 pick. But, um, I, I mean, I that I – mean, meant literally nothing to see him moving around well other than the fact that he is in fact now moving around well do you think that he is uh that he throws it as well as aaron Rodgers and dan marino he is better than dan marino <laughs> he prisco will attest to as much yeah because that was uh prisco's quote no i'm just kidding uh trent dilfer apparently what he meant to say was that he throws it better at this stage of his career than aaron Rodgers, and then 
I don't know what the compare what the Dan Marino thing was. I think he messed up in his comparison. I don't mind the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Like Rodgers wasn't a complete slam dunk. Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers coming out of Cal. Maybe he meant Dan McGuire. Mm. You know Dan McGuire? You don't know Dan McGuire, do you? Dan McGuire, baseball, old baseball guy. No. Oh, football player. Yeah. Do you know who Dan McGuire is, RJ? Uh, the name's familiar. Was it? Is that Chargers? It may have been Mark McGuire's brother, who was like a seven foot four it's, quarterback. It's, no way. It's, no way. It's hundred percent. Look it up. He was. He didn't have a very good football NFL career. I'll, I'll put it at that. I think he played in the Pac ten at the time. I can't remember where he went to school exactly. But he was like literally six seven, six eight, and he was just way too tall to be a quarterback, and that, and that was part of his downfall. My point is that maybe that's who Trent Dilfer was referring to, not Dan Marino, Dan McGuire. Did you he look was it up? Sixteenth overall pick in ninety one. Where'd he go? Washington State, maybe? Where'd he go? San Diego State. Yeah. Dan McGuire's brother. Oh. How tall is he listed at? 6'7? 6'8? 240. I mean, you can't have a 6'8 quarterback. Let's see. I mean, Broids. Broid, no. He was like lanky, if I recall correctly. He was certainly not I getting. I not remember Dan McGuire. That's crazy. How many games did he play? I bet he didn't play three NFL seasons. He must uh, have. He played. 16 overall pick. He must have. Five NFL seasons. Four Seattle. As the 60th overall pick, and then won with Miami in 95. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Started, um, completed uh, his best season, 1994, completed 51 passes. Oh, come on, Dan. All, yeah. right. All right. Good trip. I didn't mean to make this a dunk on Dan McGuire podcast, but I was just trying to. Trying Dan, to say- Dan McGuire settling into his life as a uh, in Reno, Nevada, <laughs> as a uh, insurance agent and lighting company executive, enjoying his, his commute to work. Fires at the Pick Six podcast and just out of nowhere, Ryan Wilson just backs over, backs him over with the bus four or five times. Like for the record, Dan, if you're listening, you are my top-rated quarterback coming out of the '91 draft. So does that make you feel any better? I don't. I don't believe that. I was still in mock drafts back then. Um, now I'm trying to see who the other who else went in that draft class. Uh, let's see who the Dan McGuire was the first quarterback taken. I knew it. Todd Marinovich. Yeah. Yes, he's better than Todd. Oh, uh, Brett Favre. Yeah, he he had he had a lot of holes in this game back then at Southern Miss. He actually did. Favre fell to the second round, thirty third uh, overall pick in the uh, in the second round. All right, sorry to get you sidetracked, but that was maybe what Trent Dilfer meant instead of Dan Marino. All right, so where where do you guys stand? This is like sort of our weekly Tua check in. Where do you stand on Tua in terms of uh, where where you think he'll be drafting? I know. In the mock draft coming up from 12 to 2 on Monday, I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but he falls far, surprisingly far. And a shocking team trades up to, to stop the fall. Uh, do you think it's realistic that Tua makes it past like six at this point? Yeah, it could happen, um, but I, I don't think it will. I think Miami still will be the team to take him. Uh, he, maybe not even at five. They might trade up, you know, to be worried that they don't miss him because they have so many picks and they did so much to address their needs in free agency that they could sacrifice a pick or two to move up uh, and make sure that they're the team that gets him. But, you know, a lot of this smoke that's come out about teams being down on Tua, uh, it really feels, you know, driven by teams trying to sink his stock a little bit. I, I don't think he's going to fall out of the top five. Yeah, that's my theory with the um, – you have all those draft picks. Why not take a chance on them? The whole smoke screening about they might take Justin Herbert, the Dolphins, that would be a huge mistake. Just don't take Tua or Justin Herbert if you don't like Justin and you're not sold on Tua's health. But I'm telling you, man, Justin here's, Herbert- here's the thing with the Dolphins for me. Like if you don't like Tua, if you – 
it's if you're the Dolphins, the uh, like whatever they're saying, and like whatever you hear these Miami beat writers parroting. And no, I mean no offense. Like I, I, I'm not sure if Adam Beasley's done it. Uh, I know like Armando Salguera did this whole article breaking down to his health. And so there's one of two things that's happening here. Either one, um, you know, Miami wants their fans not to freak out if they pass on him. Or two, to me, more likely, they're trying to suppress Tua's value so they can trade up for cheaper than what Washington or Detroit wants them to pay to get up there. Um, if you if you didn't want to draft Tua, if you really didn't want to draft Tua, you just don't say anything about him and you let like your silence make people think that you're that you're desperate to get him, and then you just pass on him and you take whoever you want with your picks. Uh, to me, the 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 whole thing is a thou doth protest too much smokescreen where we like Justin Herbert too. And, you know, we might, um, you know, we might end up, uh, you know, two has just got too many injuries. Like, I just feel like it's clear that they're trying to get people off the, the obvious scent. David Chow actually made a good point. The, um, pro football doc on Twitter, former, um, he's an orthopedic surgeon. He used to work with the Chargers. I've, I've been on his podcast and explained to him the whole pro football doc situation between us. All right. Thank you. Uh, but he was on Twitter the other day and made a good point that Tua isn't really injury prone. Tua is just a mobile quarterback who takes hits while being mobile. And I think we've talked about this on one of the various platforms that I have to spend time with you on, Brinson. But that, um, you know, if he's more like Russell Wilson in his future and less like RG3, he'll have a better chance of staying healthy. If he's not, he will continue to have these injuries. But I don't, I agree. I don't think he's injury prone. She said he runs around a lot and makes plays with his feet. So what's your floor for Tua getting drafted, Ryan? He can fall in the first round. I don't think he will, but I mean, if he stop it. No, I think he's going top 10. I think it is hard to imagine him falling. Here's the thing. I don't know if a team has to trade up to get him because if they're concerned about him, who's trading up? The Chargers? Other than the Chargers, who's trading up? The Dolphins don't need to if they're only concerned about the Chargers. Jaguars? Would the Jaguars trade up though? I mean, unless they're perfectly satisfied with Minshew, but if they were perfectly satisfied with Minshew, then why'd they go back to Foles when he was healthy? You know, that's my argument. But Jack, Jaguars fans and the, the the guy driving the bus there, Pete Briscoe, is adamantly against the idea of trading up for. Yeah, I, I don't think they will, but I did a mock with where they did it because they have the assets to spend to do it. Uh, especially if they throw you know Yannick Nagakwe there, you could imagine a team like Detroit or or Washington if they're going to pass on Chase Young at two to trade down, getting that asset is going to going to feel good about it. So you know it's a situation I could see happening. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility the Raiders go up uh, if they like Derek Carr. Why are they signing Marcus Mariota? So. Uh, you can see them move up. I, I don't think that the Patriots or Saints have the ammunition to get up to three or four for them, but you never know. So, I mean, there are teams. If, if the interest is there, somebody's going to trade up for them. All right. Um, Tua. What are you giggling about? <laughs> no, I just got golf on. Um, You're giggling about a golf tournament that happened 12 months ago? I I like to support CBS, and on Sunday I'm watching the replay of the Masters from 2019. Nice deflection. All right. Try to focus for a few minutes. Come on. Jalen Rager ran a 4-2-2. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing about these all-night predator videos. Like, how do you think teams are trusting these numbers that are getting thrown out there? It's like, Jalen Rager ran a 4 2 2 It's like, you know, you get the. There's, you know, there's like, no way. It means nothing. It means absolutely right. nothing. Right. It means less than the Tua video, to be honest with you. I mean, why even put that out there? You know no one's going to believe you. He ran a 4-4-7 in the combine. How about this? Say just 4 3 9 you like, oh, that's reasonable. I could see you've improving that. But four two two, you're not running the four two two if you're running a thirty yard dash. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like what it like, but you know, it's like, it's like this picture of like some scout holding his iPhone or like, it was it Steve Palasa uh, of, uh, of PFF point. He's like, dude, an agent just texted me this video. It's like, the yeah, it's like four one nine or something on it on an iPhone. It's like come on, nobody. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing about even the combine, the the teams aren't going by the official combine numbers. They're going by their own hand time numbers. That's why they send people to to get the same numbers. You know that they and they have consistency throughout. And so those guys go to these pro days and they get their own hand time numbers too. So if you do improve your numbers, you're at least comparing apples to apples. You can't compare it off of somebody else timing it and, and it showing up in a video on YouTube. So I don't think it matters to these teams at all what what number you put out there. Um, all right, let's get to Ryan's big board. Um, what, how much different is your big board currently than, uh, an average mock draft? And obviously for those, for if anyone doesn't realize it, like a big board, the purpose of it is a direct ranking of prospects. Um, I, I guess regardless of position, right? Like if you, you don't like Joe Burrow doesn't get a higher grade because he's a quarterback, but he's a really good quarterback, and so he's number two on your big board, whereas Chase Young is the best prospect on your big board, correct? Yeah, that's right. And um, in that vein, Justin Herbert is 41 on my big board. He will probably be a top-ten pick because people like quarterbacks a lot more than they like safeties, for example. So um, that's why he's there. Um, Jordan Love. Where is Jordan Love? Mm-hmm. I think just outside the top 30, like 33. Three, thank you. Um, thank you, RJ. Yeah, so um, that feels about right. If he went to the bottom of the first round, it's like, oh, I, I get that, but he may go 15 or 16. So, yeah, it's just based on how you feel each player is as a player, regardless of, of where they play. Jeffrey Kuda is number five on my big board. He will probably be the third player taken, and if he goes third, that makes sense. Derek Brown's six. If he went third, I wouldn't be surprised at that either. So um, so you but, have two of four, so why is it? Why aren't you banging the table that some team needs to take two early? Well, they're going to take him at five. <laughs> what do you I'm, mean? I mean, but you're like, hey, he might fall out of the first round. Who knows? It's just a hip thing. That's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I like to. I love the way he plays. Um, and he's really, really good. But he's just, he's had a bunch of injuries. So that that's the concern. Like RJ said, and I agree with, if you're the Dolphins, you take him no matter what because you have six picks in the first 70. You have three first-round picks. What do you got to lose? Yeah, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but the, this ranking is done irrespective of injuries for the most part. I mean, injuries right. could have a big uh, impact on draft stock where guys go. You have Brian Edwards out of South Carolina at 66. I mean, I don't know if you anticipate a team using a day two pick on him with his injuries at this point. I could see him falling to the fourth round, even, you know, deep in the fourth round, just because you don't have the, uh, the capacity to, to measure these guys for injury as you would in a normal year because of the coronavirus. So, um, with a guy like that, you have him at 66. He could be the 66th best player. I don't argue with that. I just don't think he He's going to go that high. Yeah, and also that, the um, um, he broke his foot, so he didn't compete in the combine. And also there are 40,000 wide receivers that could get drafted, so that's going to push him down as well. But, um, yeah, I, I, I like his game, but that doesn't necessarily mean he will be drafted in the second round. RJ, have you seen the mock draft that we put together for Mock Draft Monday? Uh, I have not. I'm looking forward to tuning in at noon Eastern and uh, watching it live. Do you, Ryan, do you think that we're doing anybody a disservice with this ridiculous mock draft? Well, here's the thing. We've, this will be our fourth one, I believe. Yes. We could do the same mock draft every week. This time was a little, little crazy. So we, we had some mock drafts. I was the Bengals and I'll, I'll let you guys in a little secret. I traded out the first pick. What do you, what were you thinking? And do you think it's something the Bengals should really consider more? 
the Bengals shouldn't consider it. But let me, I, I'll tell you, because I would imagine by the time people listen, listen to this, the, the YouTube show will have already happened. And you can watch it on YouTube. Um, I'm sure there's some metrics that Diva could provide that would prove you wrong, but go ahead anyway. I think it's, I think it's a worthwhile talking point. I don't want to waste our, I don't want to lose the, the opportunity to discuss it on this mock draft. Mock yeah. Mock. So I, I had the number one pick and in exchange, the Dolphins gave me picks five, 18, 26, and 50. What's their second, second round pick? 56. Uh, 56, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Six. So that for, to, to move down four spots. And I was working under the impression that Joe Burrow doesn't want to be there. And we don't want him to come to some place he doesn't want to be. Also, we signed Cam Newton to a two-year deal. We also traded Andy Dalton to the Patriots for a third-round pick. So all that taken together, would you guys still not do that deal? I don't mind it. Um, I, I would like to see you get two at five so you can have a franchise quarterback set up. But, yeah, all those picks, 18, 26, 70, the third, or 56, the third-round pick that you got from, from the Patriots, that's really going to help their team. We know that they were a bad team. Obviously, they have the number one pick. Um, and they did some work in free agency, but not enough to be competitive, I think, in that division. So getting having Cam Newton to come in and you know be the guy now, but then setting it up with Tua on the back end to, to take over, when he's healthy and he's ready, and then you have all those picks add impact players, I think would be a good idea. I, I mean, I, I think it's like you could get so there's just if you have that many picks, you can get so many players to reboot your roster. Like if you do a half decent job with you know, four first four picks in the top seventy, you could really come away with like a a much better football team. But I mean, Burrow is pretty terrifying to pass up on. Yeah, that's uh, the math you have to do. And if you strike out on the quarterback that you end up taking, that's double, double egg on your face. But it's like, if you're, I mean, if you're, it, would you rather have, would you rather have Tua and multiple first round picks or Burrow and nothing else? Well, Tua has to be healthy. And we talked about this the other day on the podcast, RJ. Like Tua with Andrew Luck's career, which was six or seven years or whatever, and all those picks, or Joe Burrow and you don't, you know, the, the vast unknown. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I take Andrew Luck. If I know I'm getting eight years, seven years, whatever it was, then, okay. then I take that because you just don't know about Burrow. Yeah. Is he going to make it in the league that long? You, you don't know. We think so. He's a very good prospect. But but um, just the history of the league says that these guys don't last ten years. You know. And even if they do, even if you get eight years, like you're saying, you're saying you would take eighty six. You would take Andrew Luck's career at. You would take it. Would you? Would you draft? Would you take Andrew Luck over Joe Burrow? Yeah. Uh, would I take that career, lock it in, except in instead of the Burrow unknown? I, I would. You know, if you give me that, he played at a very high level. He took him to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Um, he, he's a good quarterback, and I think any quarterback prospect coming out, if you make them Andrew Luck for eight years, I would take it. Now, I would hope that he not have all those injuries um, that that you know tanked at least one of those years, maybe even two. But, um, yeah, he played, he played at a high enough level for long enough that you would hope that your quarterback prospect develops into that. Okay. Fair enough. Um, is, uh, what are, do you guys, I've seen some people saying they don't like Derek Brown. Do you guys like Derek Brown? <laughs> Who said that? Tell me, give me names. No. <laughs> I well, love yeah, it's because he's not an interior. He's not like a penetrator. He's not like going to rack up sack numbers. He's not Gerald McCoy or, or Grady Jarrett. But I mean, he's a very well-rounded player, and he's he's going to make your line better and the guys around him better. So I think he's as safe a pick as you're going to get. If you want to make sure you might he might not be an A plus plus if you take him at three, but he's not going to be a C. You know, he's going to give you a good 
A minus to B plus, uh, you know, grade for the next five years. Okay. Yeah, I was actually watching the Florida Auburn game <clears throat> this weekend because I was watching um, Marlon Davidson, who I have to talk about on the draft show on 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 Monday, and um, Derek Brown plays two spots over, and he was just dominating people. I mean, he never loses at the point of attack. He's stout against the run. He gets into the backfield play after play. I don't know who doesn't like him. Okay, fair enough. I have a question for Ryan. Okay. Uh, Xavier McKinney's stock seems lower to me as the process played out. It seems like a lot of people are dropping him out of their first round and making him a second-round pick. Uh, you had him in the top 20. You had him at 16. Uh, you think he's still a first-rounder? Do you think like there's any question to his game that he shouldn't be the top safety? Like, wh- What's your opinion on him right now? I love Xavier McKinney. And the only reason he's sort of fallen out of my top in the first round of the last few mock drafts is because other guys are getting pushed up. And I don't know if safety is a huge need for a lot of teams. I mean – the Cowboys make sense at 17, but they could take a cornerback or an edge rusher. I'd rather have C.J. Henderson if he were there, um, Kalon Chase on if he were there, if you're the Cowboys. Uh, but I love a lot about him. He's so versatile. He can play deep, but he plays close to the line of scrimmage. He plays in the slot. He blitzes off the edge, which is um, something you'll see uh, all the time from, from safeties. I think he ran a 4-6, but he plays a lot faster than that. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like he's he's certainly a top-20 prospect. And if he goes in round two, it won't surprise me, but that's only because nothing he's done, but just because guy's getting pushed up. Justin Jefferson's a guy who's gotten pushed up because he had a really good combine, for example. Uh, Denzel Mims has gotten pushed up because of the combine and, and sort of people coming on to him during the senior bowl. But, um, yeah, I like him. I like him as a first rounder. I don't know if that'll happen though. Okay. Um, do you have more questions for him, RJ? By all means, ask him. Um, yeah. How about Cesar Ruiz? He rounded out your top 25. Do you think he goes in the first round? I, I, think he's kind of in play for the Dolphins at 26. I think he's in play for the Chiefs at 32. Uh, so I think it's possible he does. It seems like the buzz is kind of built around him. Nobody was talking about him. You know, I think a lot of people had him down in the 50s or 60s, kind of before the combine, uh, early in the process. And he just seems to keep going up as people rewatch the tape. So you have him in the top 25. That says to me he's probably a first-rounder. What do you think? Briscoe had him as uh, his number five overall offensive lineman. That's not – that might be a little too high, but um, – He's in the mix. The four offensive tackles, and then I guess it depends on what you like, Josh Jones or Austin Jackson or Andrew Cleveland Hooper. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Those teams you mentioned, Dolphins at 26 makes a ton of sense. Um, the Chiefs make a ton of sense. And um, it's also funny, as, as you talk about, RJ, how these guys sort of start creeping up. Uh, Noah Iguanagadi is a guy who sort of creeped up. He played at Auburn. It's sort of hard to imagine that you weren't paying attention to him, but there's so much going on, and there's only so much you can sort of wrap your brain around that these guys a lot of times – are off the radar, quote-unquote, um, to the media. I mean, the NFL teams know about these guys uh, until January, February, March. But um, he's the best pass-blocking interior offensive lineman in this draft class. Coming into the year is Tyler Biotish out of Wisconsin. He did not have a good year. Um, we were talking to our guy, Dan Schneier, who's an editor at, NFL, uh, at uh, CBS for the NFL, and he's a Wisconsin guy, and he pointed out that Biotish was hurt a lot last year. So I'll give him that break. But Cesar Ruiz is, is legit, and it would not surprise me at all if he went in the first round or top of the second. Okay. Now I want RJ just to pick apart your list. <laughs> he does a good ask, list. Ask all, ask all the questions he doesn't want to ask you in a in an editor writer setting. But now that you're both on equal footing on podcasts as draft mix, he can shred your terrible list. To, to what what about you. me? What about me makes you think I wouldn't ask him those questions in the first place? <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know you would. Um, uh, would you have Javon Kinlaw or Derek Brown? Uh, I take Brown. I just think he's more well rounded. I, I, I 
I like I said, and understand the excitement for Kinlaw with his his sack potential. But uh, you know, Brown is just like I said, the 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 floor is so high for him that that I would just take him and lock him in. Yeah, I'm with. I like Kinlaw a lot too, but I, I think. You know what you're getting in Derek Brown. He's done it for over such a long – remember, uh, Javon Kinlaw actually had a really good 2018, and there was some conversation that might come out. But Quentin Williams had one year that he flashed, and that turned into a top-five pick. Didn't do a whole lot last year. He was injured, and that's some of the reason. But Derek Brown's been doing this forever. So you, it's no surprises in terms of you, you know what you're going to get, and I think that um, offers you some comfort too if you're, say, the Lions and you need to take take somebody at three. What um, – who are some guys – so like – you know, you did 50 people. So who are, who are some names that people should watch out for? And again, this is, you know, uh, Monday, April 13th. Some names that could creep into the, like, we talked to Pete Briscoe about it. He thinks there are roughly 26 guys who are locks for the first round. So it's not going to be a whole lot of difference in terms of what you see from mock drafts. You have a pretty finite first round prospect pool, but, uh, the, you know, six more spots to, to fill out. Who are some guys that are maybe a little bit off the radar that could slide into the first round for you guys? Jeremy Chen for sure, uh, safety out of Southern Illinois. There's a lot he of. Was, uh, he was 24 to one to be the first safety off the board. Dropped out of 12 to one, which is kind of interesting. I wouldn't take him over Xavier McKinney. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Like um, I watched a couple of Southern Illinois games, um, and um, he he showed up at the Cedar Bowl. I, I remember seeing him and thinking that he didn't move quite as well as I thought he would, but I didn't study him a whole lot, just sort of in passing. But um, I would be wary of taking him as my first safety, especially if. if Xavier McKinney's there. Antoine Winfield issue might be injuries with him, so you don't know. But um, physically, there's a lot to like about Jeremy Chin. I think he ran really well at the combine, maybe sub four five. Um, and he's he can play close to the line of scrimmage. He's built that way. He can do a little coverage on the back end, so you can move him around. And it's sort of we've seen this with these guys like Isaiah Simmons, with um, Kyle Duggar, the kid out of Lenore Ryan, Jeremy Chin. These sort of tweener guys that you can line up anywhere and and have success with. But Jeremy Chin's a name. That has been possibly mentioned as a first rounder. I don't think I would do that though. Yeah, we we've you know we've mentioned Jeff Gladney enough in this space that I think it's pretty solid. People think consider him a first rounder. I don't think early in the process he was considered that, so he's up there. Uh, we could see the tackles pushed up. We we consider Josh Jones as the fifth best tackle, but you could see Austin Jackson go ahead of him, and I don't think that would catch too many people off guard. You could see Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia, you know, sneak into the first round just because people are looking for that tackle help, and it's so hard to find it that uh, those guys could get pushed up. And then, um, you know, Ryan mentioned Marlon Davidson. I, I could see him sneaking into the first round that any number of receivers could get there. Just, you know, pick your poison with the receiver class. If somebody wants to, if the Green Bay really falls in love with Ayuk or one of those guys, um, e- even if Michael Pittman is like your profile, your tall, big guy that sneaks in there above some of the other names that we've been discussing over and over, that wouldn't shock me too much. So yeah, there should be some good talent on in the second round and even in the third round, particularly at some of these positions like receiver. All right. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, good questions. Better extend the break. When we come back, we'll break down the NFC West and AFC West team needs and possible draft targets. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Arizona Cardinals, just six picks in this draft, but one of them is number eight. Ryan doesn't taking Jedrick Willis. Cedric Wills. Why do I keep doing that? In his latest mock draft, it's because I hate people named Wills. Trust me, what you talking about, Wills? Get it? Pretty good. A, few, a lot of people. A lot of people. There's there's a reasonable number of people who name their kids Wills. Wills Brinson, get off my lawn. Like that. Somehow it'd be more southern and. Wills. Wills. What's Wills' dad's name? Because that's who you got to call and yell at. Uh. Stern. Stern. I, don't know, I was gonna come up with some. Fake southern name. Uh, anyway, they have uh, you have taken Jedrick Wills, uh, and then seventy two is their next pick. What did they? Why am I blanking on what they did with their second round pick? It's something obvious, and I'm forgetting it. Uh, they they traded uh, uh, for a receiver uh, named uh, DeAndre something. I don't know. I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I really did totally blank. I was like, what did they do with that second round pick? It's very obvious. Um, it's been a long weekend. Quarantine brain is is a thing. So yeah, so I mean, like I think it's gonna be e- it's pretty easy to see the Cardinals coming out of this as a winner in this draft. If you have number eight overall, um, and you know you you're probably gonna get a blue chip guy, whether it's a receiver or an offensive lineman there, then you can always say, hey, look, we added DeAndre Hopkins as well. I mean, that feels like a pretty good job in the draft. Yeah, I think the most people are going to say tackle is your biggest need, and that's what everybody mocks to them at eight. Uh, Ryan has Wills. I think Worfs would be a good fit with his athleticism to play in that offense with Kyler Murray scrambling around. You want a guy that tested through the roof at the combine. I think Worfs would be a good fit there. Uh, they could also need a cornerback. Um, you know, we've been saying forever, what are they going to do to to pair with Patrick Peterson when he finally moves there's no number one guy now they got byron murphy who brian and i both like last year um and, and he should be good long term but you still need that ex- that extra guy to come in and uh be the number two guy once patrick peterson's done so i think that's really their two main areas of concern um should also get some more offensive line help center um you could do better at depth at guard they're probably going to get another running back after trading away um david johnson in that deal um so there aren't too many big needs which is good because there's not too many premium picks they have left let me um, ask you this uh as part of the the mock draft show on Monday, we we talked about the trade that I pulled off as the Cincinnati Bengals. I also have the Cardinals, and I traded Patrick Peterson for the 25th overall pick to the Vikings. 30 years old, one year left on this deal. Would you trade Patrick Peterson for the number 25 pick? Uh, probably not for the 25. It's just once you get that deep in the first round, it's a little bit more shaky whether you're going to get a guy and you're going to hit on those picks. They they can tend to, fl- to flesh out a little more. It's I the, like what I'm getting more with Peterson. I think that we're going to compete in 2020, so I'd rather have that guy that I know is going to be a lockdown guy for 2020. But let me remind you also, RJ, as the Cardinals, I had pick number three, number eight, and number 25 after trading Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson. So what did you come away with as the Cardinals? Number three, I took Jeffrey Akuda. Uh-huh. Number, uh, I tra- traded down from number eight to number 12 and got another second round pick with the Raiders. And number 12, I got Caleb on Chase on the edge rusher. And then at number 25, I got Josh Jones, the, the left tackle out of Houston. Uh, is your team better than it was before, before the draft? I don't think so. Eh, one year left for Patrick Peterson. He's leaving or he's I, 31. I, I would just say, I would just say this though. I think that, um, because 
I, I think the Cardinals want to try and win now. Like, I think they feel like they need to get, uh, try to have a 500 or better season to kind of keep the pressure off of, of Steve Kime in that front office. So I would be surprised if they did that. Also, I think the Pat P stuff, like Pat P's considered like an all time franchise icon with the Cardinals. He won't be traded last year. Or is that TV? In the eyes of the owner. That's why he won't trade him. And so I, th- I think they will try and hold on to Patrick Peterson as long as possible. Well, I guess yeah. him then because his contract's up in a year, so you have to pay him $16 million bucks a year. I think you, you pay him. This is the time you're paying people when you have Kyler Murray on a rookie deal. Um, you know, you worry about spreading out your talent and getting that cheap talent down the road when you have to pay him a huge deal. But right now, you know, dole out the money, pay what you need to, get, build yourself a contender so you can try to win a Super Bowl in the next two to three years. Any chance that the Cardinals could consider somebody like Derek Brown, who we talked about, um, at number eight? I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's not a huge need for them, but if he's there, I think that's a good value for him at eight. So if you just want a, uh, like a high floor player, like I was saying earlier, you know, he would help your team. I just don't think that that addresses a big need for him. Well, I mean, I guess but the thought there is like, all right, we can get a guy again. I, you know, you look at their roster, and yes, another offensive lineman would help. But they have, they have Marcus Gilbert on the right side. He's played at a high level before. They just yeah, resigned been hurt. Yeah, but they just resigned DJ Humphreys. Kyler Kyler Murray's mobile, so you can kind of make up for the lack of offensive line better than you could when you had uh, Josh Rosen. Like, they, like I, I just wonder if we might be looking at this team dif- differently in terms of needs uh, than maybe the front offices. I would just say this, and we spent the first 10 minutes talking about Tua Tonga Bailoa being extremely mobile, playing behind first rounder after first rounder of the offensive line, and he has had two ankle surgeries and a hip surgery because he holds the ball too long. So I would want to protect Tyler. Okay. Um, next up on the list of teams, the 49ers. They have two first-round picks, 13 and 31. Spoiler alert, they're one of the most interesting teams in the draft because of those two first-round picks, so make sure and check out that podcast coming up. Um, and with these two first-round picks, Ryan had him taking Henry Ruggs at 13 and Trayvon Diggs at 31. Uh, what do you think their biggest needs are, RJ? I think that makes sense. I think corner is probably their biggest need long-term. We don't know how long Richard Sherman's going to play, um, They and they probably need talent anyway besides him. So I think that's the focus for them. Uh, I would get more offensive line help, guard particularly, but left tackle because you don't know how long Joe Staley's going to play. And even if tackle isn't a need, we know that that's been an area of stress for them because they when they drafted Mike McGlinchey, I don't think anybody thought they were taking a tackle that year. Uh, but they did. They traded away Trent Brown, and then you know it worked out for them. So um, tackle could be a need. Receivers obviously a need. The, I think they trade down you know, more often than more, all things considered, just because they don't have any picks in rounds two through four. So in my seven-round mock, which comes out on Thursday, I had them trading from 13 to 22 before they took digs. I also had that as a landing spot for them. And then 31, I had them trade down for 45 and 76. That gave them 22, 45, 58, 76. With those picks, they get a corner, a tackle, a receiver, defensive tackle help to replace Buckner. You can fill a lot of needs that way just by trading down a couple times. Yeah, I think this is the team most primed to trade down. Yep. And just because Brenton, you obviously did it last week's Monday mock draft, I believe, and they don't have a lot of draft picks. So so that would be the recipe. They don't have a lot of needs either, so there, there's nothing they have to overreach for. So I think it's a perfect storm of trading downness. Yeah, and uh, I think, too, that 13th overall pick is a sweet spot where there's going to be either a run on receivers or a run on tackles or even a quarterback sitting out there, like a Jordan Love, as you mentioned potentially later in the week. I don't bring a lot more than someone trying to trade up for a wide receiver or something. If someone desperately loves Jordan Love, you're going to get you know premium pick in advance, and um, 
for it. And you mentioned the Patriots as a landing spot. Don't forget the 49ers and Patriots have traded a lot. Like Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick uh, and, and uh, John Lynch are, appear to be fairly on fairly good, you know, good, friendly working terms. So it wouldn't be shocking to see something come together there. The Rams. Uh, we can move quickly on them. What are their biggest needs? They don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, I think they need linebacker help. They, they got rid of Corey Littleton, and they didn't really replace him. They need offensive line help. Center is a point of you know uh, uh, stress that they had, hadn't been playing well. Right tackle they need. Uh, Andrew Whitworth is going to play forever. So I think they really have to focus on offensive line in this, but also get some some uh, defensive starters, you know, like linebacker, maybe even another corner to pair with Jalen Ramsey. So um, yeah, look for good receivers in that 50s range, like Hamler, uh, which I think Ryan had in his mock. And then you could find like Ruiz or Cushenberry or Hennessy with that other second round pick at first for center. But you can go any a number of ways. You could help that linebacker class with one of those good linebackers in round two or round three as well. Yeah. And my uh two round mock draft, I have to take a break from the seven round of the week before it almost killed me. I had them taking um Lucas Nang out of TCU, he's a right tackle. Both the offensive lines already was talking about, and then I did have him taking at fifty seven the pick they got from the uh from the Texans for Brandon Cooks, I have him taking KJ Hamler. So, do you have do you have somebody different taking doing a seven round mock each week? Uh, we mine will be the last one. We had uh, Trap do one way back, and then we had Josh do it two Fridays ago, and then you know nine or ten days later, Ryan's came out last Monday, and then mine's going to come out Thursday, and that's and then you know a week from that's the draft, so that's that's wrapping it up. How are the numbers on seven round mocks? Uh, I don't know specifically. I haven't been. Like relative, compare, like, comparing them all, they do pretty well. Okay, so like people actually people want to know, especially teams that don't have first round picks, they want to know who they're getting throughout their whole class. Like, does Ryan's seven round mock do better than my single round mock? Uh, of course, that's a lie. That's that's what he didn't want to hear. Fake, By the way, RJ fake, RJ fake news white pages. RJ is doing uh, trades in the seven round mock draft, which is just. I don't know. He is just punishing himself. Uh, self self flagellation, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I, I usually do thirty plus trades. That this this time he came in at eighteen. We don't think there's going to be as many trades in this draft just because the circumstances surrounding the draft. Um, so I didn't want to go too crazy with trades. So I only did a paltry eighteen, and it, it made me get get done with this thing probably two or three days before I thought I would. Hey Debo, I have a quick question for you. Uh, the Rams traded Brandon Cooks, of course. Would you rather have Brandon Cooks in that Rams offense, or would you like to see what KJ Hamler could do there? Give me Hamler, young guy, fresh legs, a little injury prone, um, but he can make something happen with golf. Does he remind you of Cooks at all, or is he more Deshaun Jackson? I think Deshaun in a sense. Again, we don't want to like compare him to these these Super perennial star. pro bowlers, which which Cooks, you know, we thought could be, but I think that's an exciting fit for him in McVay's offense. Yeah, I like it. Uh, who's next on the list? The Seahawks. What are their biggest needs? Seattle Seahawks, 27, 59, 64. Two little picks there close together. 101, 133, 144, 162, and 214. Eight total, RJ. What direction could you see him going? Yeah, Seahawks obviously like to trade up, down, and around the board a lot. Uh, so you could see that happen at 27. Um, in my mock, I didn't let it happen because uh, Yuter Gross Matos was there, and I think that's just a great fit for them. Defensive end is, is what they really need, which of Jadavian Clowney looking like he's not going to return. So I think that addresses their biggest need, but also ha- get some offensive line help. They lost a few offensive linemen. They really haven't done a ton to replace them. So you can get a guard. You can get a right tackle. You could even look for some center help if you want, um, but that's a little bit lower on the list. And then some help in the secondary. Um, I think strong safety. Could be a, a good pick for them. Get some 
cornerback help. You know, those Seahawks love their big cornerbacks. And uh, if they can find one of those guys in the middle rounds, I think that that's going to be a target for them as well. Yeah, no, that that offensive line, defensive line, edge rusher. Uh, they took LJ Collier last year. He did not work out. He was injured injured part of that season. Um, so they, they got to get that sorted out. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I've actually had Cesar Ruiz going to the Seahawks in one or two mock drafts because Justin Britt, I think, only has a couple years left on his deal, maybe just one year. So that's a possibility. But they don't they don't seem um, dead set on protecting Russ Wilson, so maybe they have other concerns they want to address first. <laughs> uh, is there a – is there like a player that sort of sticks out as like a like the random guy the Seahawks might take in the first round? Um, AJ Epinesa seems to fit what they like. Um, yeah, see, but like I feel like he's too notable. Mar- Marlon Davidson might be a name. He's sort yeah. of LJ. That's Collier. what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to steal your thunder, RJ. That's who I have them taking in Monday's mock draft on the show. So um, he's not nearly as dynamic as Derek Brown. Um, he plays inside, plays outside. He's a little better outside when you watch him, but he. He's like a high upside guy. He didn't necessarily flash every single play at Auburn. Because the Seahawks just don't like they don't take corners early. They never they never do that, right? I feel like they've taken who are their first round picks? I'm trying to think. L.J. Collier, L.J. Collier, Rashad Penny. They yeah. didn't have one the year before. Jermaine Effetti uh, yeah. didn't have one the year before in 2015 or 2014 or 2013. What happened there? Uh, the uh, trade trade down a lot. Yeah, they, they, they traded down or the Percy Harvin trade or the uh, Jimmy Graham trade. Ugh. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the – someone had the stat. Of course, I don't have it in front of me. We were sort of – And then I would just – one more I was going to say, too, the the, the very first – I don't know, sorry. Uh, and then Bruce Irvin, James Carpenter, and Russell Okung, Earl Thomas. Uh, to start the Earl Thomas, Russell Okung, Bruce Irvin, you could, you could argue it was pretty good. And that, that sounds like it, right? Mm, yeah, I mean, Effetti, Effetti's been an okay player. He's Rashad, been, so. Penny, Penny was started to come on a little bit last year before he tore his ACL, but I mean, yeah, and then LJ Collier one year, so. Yeah, that's not great. And, um, sort of follow up on that, we were talking about Bill Belichick's draft, um, report card. I don't, I can't, I wish I had the tweet in front of me, but he has done extremely poorly in terms of his first round picks being, in terms of the number of Pro Bowls those guys have gone to. It's like a, a an insanely no, low number. So they they haven't hit a bunch of home runs either. Although the counterpoint is that team is still going to the Super Bowl, so maybe the draft first round picks aren't the end all be all. I mean, the Seahawks basically in like built their whole success on you know three year draft stretch where they got Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, KJ Wright, um, Malcolm Smith, who ended up, you know, seventh round pick, who ended up winning the Super, uh, Super Bowl MVP, Russell, Bobby Wagner, and Bruce Irvin. Like that was the core of, of that, the, the teams that won the Super Bowl. Well, I guess the other side of that argument is, um, have two good drafts in a row and you, you could be pretty good. Absolutely. Um, so Bill Belichick, bad drafter, according to Ryan Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Keep that one down. In the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers. A very, I mean, uh, like, so we, we did, uh, the Chargers pod, Chargers.com podcast with Chris Hare, friend of the program. And I mean, like, I, I don't, I'm not sure if he listens to this or not. I'm not, I'm not trying to like guess as to his, and we talked to him a little bit about like, Hey, like, what do you think the Chargers will do? Like, you know, who knows how secretive they're being. And Tom Telesco, um, has been pretty, uh, down the road, I think in terms of his drafting. I really, I really could see them not going with the quarterback. I think they just really like Tyrod Taylor. 
Yeah, I'd say it's possible. I would still say that quarterbacks are biggest need at this point. Uh, you get rid of Philip sure. Rivers, that's going to be the case. And Tyrod Taylor is, what, 30 years old at this point? So, I mean, I don't think that he's your new franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. So uh, quarterbacks still their biggest need. They need a left tackle. They traded Okung in a good trade, but they don't have anybody really. They signed Balaga, I think, to play the right side. Um, so left tackle is a need. Linebacker lost Thomas Davis. Uh, receiver, I think it'd be a need because in 2021, uh, Keenan Allen's a free agent. Mike Williams, maybe you give him the, the fifth round, the fifth year option, but has he done enough at this point? I don't know. He's kind of been banged up. That seems to mean like not exactly a for sure give him the fifth round option kind of guy. So you could be looking at a pretty stark receiver room in one year. So I, I could see them conceivably with that second round pick if they don't like any of the tackles using it on an impact receiver because we know there's going to be good ones there. Mm. We talked to Chris about this um, on the podcast, and I'm sort of buying into it. I would love to see Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Kuda there at six, just to see what that defense looks like in matchup against the Chiefs. I don't know if it'll happen. Ugh. I wouldn't take Justin Herbert, but again, you know, I'm not Tom Telesco, so we'll see. But um, I think Tom Telesco loves the idea of the Chargers being connected to Tua or Herbert yeah, because I think it, it really helps his position like we saw and we've seen in our mock drafts and in, in, in any mock draft where you know if three quarterbacks go in the top five the teams at, from six to ten end up getting a just incredible value in terms of the players that they get I mean, that's just basic economics but it's true yep i also had the the chargers taking jonathan taylor at 37 i love the idea of them getting like a home run hitting running back to go with austin eckler to help out also jonathan taylor replaced melvin gordon at wisconsin right yeah. So, or is there somebody in between them? Um, I don't know. John Taylor played there a while though. Three year starter for sure. Had to be somebody in between. Maybe it was Dan McGuire. Who knows? Yeah, and I can even Okuda makes sense too because I think I've seen some buzz that Desmond King could be on the trade block, and I think he's a good player. I think anybody. Anybody that's uh, that's smart would go out and try to get him right now before the draft. And if they bring in Okuda, you know he's kind of a luxury at that point, King. So, oh, you, so know, you know, you know who you know who replaced uh, Melvin Gordon? Give me a hint. Don't tell me the answer. Uh, okay, he has a very famous catch in a Super Bowl. Actually, there's two guys he replaced. Oh, he's the little guy from. Go ahead, RJ. Uh, Corey Clement. Correct. Yeah. And, and in fact. Yeah. Before uh, before Corey Clement took over as the feature back, Dare Agudabawale oh, cool. uh, replaced Melvin Gordon there. So they've had that, that name you can pronounce. <laughs> it's like that I've got. Yeah, <laughs> holy crap! Corey Clement was there with Melvin Gordon. I didn't realize that. Interesting. Yeah, one of them has a Super Bowl ring. That that is that is true, and uh, one of them has played Madden against me. That was a great catch by Corey Clement. It really was. Uh, so yeah. Um, I like the Jonathan Taylor fit a lot. I think that makes a ton of sense. But and I just think they're a team that it would be it would not be surprising at all if they went with a running back in the second round because they're too high in the first round to take one. Um, you know they've used a pick on they've used a first round pick on a running back before twice. Uh, once Ryan Matthews that was under uh, AJ Smith as the GM and then uh, Melvin Gordon as well with Telesco. So I don't think it would be it wouldn't be stunning if they took a running back high. I also think they're just going to really lean on the rushing game. Like, I think that's going to be a big part of Tyrod Taylor as their starter. And if that's the case, I, you just can't feel comfortable with only Justin Jackson and uh, Austin Eckler, in my opinion. I agree. 
Yeah, I think you get a running back at some point. I don't know that you have to do a 37. Uh, you might have your pick of the litter there because we don't expect a running back to go. So if you really want that guy to be your bell cow, then sure, get him at 37. But if you paid Eckler all this money, I don't know that you need to do that. So really? my seven round mock, I had them going, uh, Zach Moss. I think that would be good in the fourth round. Um, third or fourth round, uh, in the third round, I had him getting a tackle to, to, uh, to supplement what they got at the top of the draft, which was Love and Jalen Rager, I think is my receiver pick that I got for them. So I think you can get a running back, a good running back in round three or four. You don't have to get one at 37. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, and I, I kind of like Justin Jackson too. So I, I, I don't mind if you want to roll with him and Eckler is a stunt. He's only, I think only rushed for 200 something yards the last two years. I mean, he was good the time he had to play a few years ago, but he's, I mean, is he a guy you can lean on for a lot? We will find out. I mean, they, I mean, it's just, a, it's just, it's just hard to. I just think the thing with the Chargers is like, are they, are they sensing the need to sort of reboot this roster and to get a fresh face at quarterback in there, or do they look at it like you mentioned? Uh, so Hunter Henry on the franchise tag, Keenan Allen, final year of his deal, Joey Bosa's deal coming up, fifth year option, of course, uh, will be utilized for him. Um, they have. Uh, Mike Williams, who they may or may not put a fifth-year option on. There's a lot of Pete Melvin Ingram coming up on the last year of his deal. You almost wonder if they're like, all right, let's find the best young defensive player we can. Let's get a running back, and let's go all in on this season, you know, with uh, with Tyrod Taylor and just see how it works out. If it fails, um, and we don't, you know, we miss the playoffs or something like that, maybe we uh, maybe we totally reboot and and try to figure it out next year. Thank you for saying not saying thank you for Trevor. Well, I don't think I think the roster's too good to tank. And every team can't tank for Trevor. But if you're also in win now mode, I mean, wouldn't a left tackle make sense there now too? You get that protection in there. You let Tyra Taylor do his thing, get completely protected when you got Balaga on one side and, you know, uh, Jedrick Wills on, on one side or Tristan Wirfs or whoever it's going to be. Andrew Thomas, you know, at six. I think a left tackle could be in play for them at that spot. Yeah. Who's the backup to Tyrod? It is currently Easton Stick. He ain't playing next year. I mean, North Dakota State or South Dakota State? Where'd he go? Uh, I think he went to South Dakota State. North Dakota State. North Dakota State, yeah. I think he took over for uh, Wentz. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the only reason Easton Stick got any buzz whatsoever was Carson Wentz being good. I mean, he had a good senior season or junior, whatever his last year was there, but the reality is I don't think he's ready to step in for for Tyra. I I mean, that's the thing. It's like, are they going to go after Dalton or Jameis or – Cam, I mean, by all accounts, they, they really are happy with Tyrod Taylor. Like, you're really running, like, if you don't draft a quarterback, you are running a serious risk of, of. The fact that they haven't gone after, um, what's his face? Jameis leads you to believe that perhaps, cause Cam presumably wants to be the starter. We don't know if he's healthy. Jameis is completely healthy and he can see now. So maybe it does point to the fact that maybe they're, they are sniffing around quarterbacks in the draft. Well, is it possible that they are waiting until after the, after the draft to sign one of these quarterbacks knowing that it will cause everyone to believe they are trying to draft somebody at six when they might not want to? It's possible, but I think if there's a guy that you want, you go get him when you get him. There's no guarantee he's going to be there when you want to go sign him later. So if, if that's your plan, like let's let's be sneaky about it and wait till May 1st and then go sign the quarterback we want. What if someone else signs him You know, in, in between sure. now and then? So uh, I don't think that you play those games with the, you know, the quarterback position. I think if you have a guy you want, you go get him. So the fact that they haven't done it tells me that they don't want these guys. Okay, so – I mean that. I mean that's the thing. It's like so you're just gonna go with Tyrod Taylor and Easton Stick. That's I mean like that's sort of a ballsy play if you do that. Not sorta. 
I mean, like that, that has immense backfire potential where like you win four games and because Tyrod Taylor gets hurt and Easton Stick is starting and you can't run the ball because you, you can know, win eight games with Tyrod Taylor in this team and being extremely boring on offense. I think you win 12 games with Tyrod Taylor in this team. 12. But Easton Stick is a different story. That, that could be some Duck Hodges type territory if you're not careful. That's it. It's, 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 go ahead. It could also be a thing if their target for quarterback is Dalton. You know, they don't want to trade anything for him. So maybe they say, let's wait till after the draft. We think he's going to get cut. That's when we, we jump on a quarterback. So those guys that are trade possibilities, it makes sense to wait on. You know, if you don't, you can't get him now because you don't want to give up anything for him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's a very good point, RJ. And I, I would not be surprised if all of these teams who might be interested in Andy Dalton were purposely waiting out Mike Brown, because I think that the Bengals have to cut Andy Dalton if they draft Joe Burrow. And like they can't get a, tra- they can't get a deal for him done. I, th- I almost think you have to do it. Can you trade in the summertime? That's legal, right? Trade, yeah. Trade anytime you want. Never heard any summertime trades. Like during training camp, but like not in, not in June or anything or, or like late May. There yeah. Been- no, uh, yeah, everybody goes on vacation is the problem. So it's, it's hard <laughs> to work out a, tr- it's hard to work out a trade when you can't, nobody's picking up the phone. Yeah. I mean, like you, yeah, you, I mean, I, this year will probably be different. So, I mean, this already is different, but it will probably be different in terms of vacation times and all that. So, I mean, I think you could trade somebody in June. I just think that, like, I mean, don't you, don't you agree that the Bengals pro- have to get Andy Dalton out of there? Like, it, there was a, there was a, um, a report, I think it was from NFL Network, where they were like, yeah, you know, the Bengals are thinking about keeping Andy Dalton on the roster if they can't find a good trade possibly. It's like, that's not, you're just bluffing. You're leaking something out to bluff. For 17 million, you're not doing that. And by the way, if you don't do it before the draft, you're not going to get the draft pick anyway. So who wants to trade Andy Dalton in June for a fourth round pick in 2021? It's also just weird because this is like your former franchise guy who in theory would be your starter right now before the draft that you were going to keep around and like have a competition with Joe Burrow when you draft a number whatever. You just don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to make waves in the locker room. I, I think that he he seems like a team first player, and and he's had a great run in Cincinnati. So I don't think it's necessary that you have to get rid of him. I don't think the locker room goes to goes to hell with him in there uh, if you have both of them in there. But you know, it also does make sense if you want to trade him after the draft. You're talking about who wants to give a 2021 pick for him. Well, you could build um, these incentives in these uh, conditions and make it a conditional pick. Say if Andy Dalton starts 75 percent of your snaps, you give us a two. Otherwise, you give us a three, that kind of thing. So um, it, it does make sense in the fact that you're like, well, we're going to get a better pick then than we would have gotten now if we just trying to get traded him for whatever we could get in 2020. I, I so, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I guess you could have traded him before for a 2021 pick, but most people are thinking trade for 2020. And and if you're if you're a team that's drafting, maybe you don't want to give up a 2020 2023 round pick because you think it's going to be more valuable. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I like that uh, concept. Let's move on to another team since the Bengals aren't in the AFC West, and talk about the Raiders. Two first-round picks left over uh, from the – still the Cleo Mack deal. Still still paying off that Cleo Mack deal, Ryan Pace. Good job by you. Uh, number 12 and number 19, they also have 80, 81, 91, 120, and 159. That's a nice little seven-round slate of uh, – of uh, picks for the Raiders. Who who do you think, or what do you think the, the Raiders should target? What are their needs, RJ? 
Yeah, part of the reason that that, that deal, they still have an extra first round pick because of that deal, but they don't have their second rounder. That was part of that deal as well. They had to trade away their second rounder, so that's why they don't have that pick. I think most people, and and Ryan didn't do this in his mock, but most people say they're going to take a receiver with one of these picks because they just, the Antonio Brown didn't work, so they still have that need at receiver. Um, A lot of people will mock a receiver to them at 12. I did, I I tend to think if they can get CJ Henderson and fill their cornerback need, they could do that at 12 and then go at a receiver at 19. Even if it's not one of the top three guys, Justin Jefferson's still a good pick at 19 so but receiver cornerback seem to be their biggest two needs you could also look for guard help um some some depth on the defense they did good at linebacker to bring in i believe littleton and kwiatkowski um but they could still use a a, a guy to pair on the weak side um if middle if littleton's going to play in the middle or vice versa um to kind of fill that and kind of really lock up that linebacker core so those seem to be the kind of places for emphasis to me uh i think 19 would be a good spot to get a guy like that patrick queen maybe kenneth murray and then just have like a, a stud you know group of linebackers and that really becomes a strength of the team when it was a weakness last year i love the idea of getting cj anderson at 12 i think he's going to go higher than most people think I, we usually mention him at 16 to atlanta or 17 to Dallas, but 12 is not too high for C.J. Henderson. And I actually like the idea of getting Patrick Queen or or um, Kenneth Murray at, at 19. Um, my two-round mock draft, I had him actually taking Jordan Love at 12. And then Jeff Gladney, uh, the cornerback of TCU at 19. Um, but, yeah, wide receivers in need. And, you know, Henry Ruggs is a popular destination, a uh, popular name going to, to Las Vegas. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about it a million times. This wide receivers class is such – that you can wait until later rounds and get a good wide receiver. And the defense was their biggest issue last year, wasn't their offense, and unless you, of course, kind of know about Derek Carr. Well, building off that love thing, let me ask you this. So here's what I did in my seven-round mock. You know, I kind of thought that with bringing a Marcus Mariota, you're bringing in a, a mobile, smart quarterback that, that protects the football. Um, I wonder if they would look in the third round for Jalen Hurts, another mobile quarterback, smart, team first. If that's the kind of direction they want to pull the offense, uh, maybe they pass on quarterback earlier and come back and say, we really think Hurts can be something and Mariota can be the guy to, to hold the spot down. We're getting two similar quarterbacks stylistically, and then we trade Derek Carr to uh, to whoever we can for whatever we can get. Wow. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if that's part of the the math that these teams are doing too, like the Chargers or, or other teams need quarterbacks. Maybe they think Derek Carr is going to be available uh, in a couple weeks or a couple months. And, and uh, maybe, they're not trading Derek Carr. That they're snifflings that um, they're in the, they like they like Jordan Love. Snifflings? Yeah, just reports. That's how I was trying to new word for reports. Okay. Buzz. Okay, no, I like snifflings. I like snifflings. I, I just, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out where it slotted under like chatter. And, uh, uh, just uh, unsubstantiated reports, just uh, right. internet rumors, if you will. But I can't imagine. Do you think that John Gruden loves Derek Carr as his quarterback? I think no, no, I don't think he does, and I think he'll move on eventually. But I also think that John Gruden really wants to make the playoffs this year really badly. Like, I think he wants to, I would ask you about Derek Carr then. Well, they've been, they've been close twice with Derek Carr. Uh, you know, well, they made the playoffs with, um, excuse me, with, uh, with Jack Del Rio that the, his first year there. And then, you know, they, they were, they were close to a playoff team last year. Like they surprised the people. They didn't, I mean, obviously it didn't work out, but like they hit the over on their win total. They were in the playoff race and then the, the chiefs just sort of dismantled them and they fell apart. I mean, I just wonder if they think, if they add two more first round caliber talents to this roster, if they aren't in the expanded playoffs, I feel like John Gruden thinks he can get to the playoffs with Derek Carr. And if for some reason it's just not working, he can, you know, try the Marcus Mariota ripcord. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that the, uh, the underlying statistics supported that record last year. I think they, they won some close games they maybe shouldn't have. They seem to be more like a five-win team than a seven-win team. Yeah, um, I, so hammered, I, I hammered their under. <laughs> I, yeah, so I wouldn't say that because they were a seven-win team, maybe they're actually eight- or nine-win team. We can we can push for the playoffs now. I think you really have to make a big jump off of their talent level last year because I think that seven was already on the high end well, of the spectrum. Well, right. I agree with you as well. I'm just saying I think that's – I think John Gruden thinks – that they can be a playoff team. And I think he's like, I don't think he's going to draft Jordan. I mean, maybe he likes Jordan Love and they'll go with him. I, I I don't, I honestly don't know. I just feel like maybe they almost think Marcus Mariota could be like, he's still young. He could still, he could take a leap in, in, in Gruden's system. He could potentially win the job. You know, they did, they signed him a contract. That's like, you know, if you, if you're, if you, if you start some games, you're going to get paid. That's why you go get hurts. You don't spend a, a premium pick. You go and use a third rounder. They have three third rounders. In my in my seven round mock, what I actually did is they traded back from ninety one, uh, got two, got one sixteen and one twenty from Jacksonville, and then used one twenty one fifty nine to trade up and get hurts at one oh six. So they kind of shuffled picks around to get better picks in the fourth round instead of that fourth and fifth round pick. Um, but you know, I I don't see why not. You bring in Hertz for competition and see if you can go forward with Mariota and try to develop Hertz. If you know he's screwed and you know he wants to develop his own quarterback and look like the QB guru genius. So Absolutely. if you can take Hertz that that's been so divisive, you know, in the community of whether he's going to be a good quarterback or not. If you can turn him into a star quarterback, then then that's really kudos to John Gruden. So why not do that? And and for the record, uh, with Derek Carr's deal, if they cut him. He would have seven point nine million dollars in dead cap space next year. Two point five million dollars in dead cap space. Um, so, like, if Mariota takes over and Carr stays on the roster this year, Carr is adios amigo, uh, either via trade or being cut. And then the, he's, he's three years left on his deal, but like he's just extremely cuttable at this point. And you could always designate him a June, a post June one cut if you wanted to this offseason, if you wanted to, uh, and just take on five point four. Uh, million dollars in dead cap money. I, I think that I just think that like they would keep Carr around even if they draft somebody. I don't see how they get out of that twelve spot if they stay there. I don't see how they don't draft a wide receiver there. In my opinion, you can get with a nineteen though. Yeah, that's how they don't do it. You can't get Lamb, Rugs, or Judy at nineteen. Can't get C.J. Henderson at nineteen either. So it just depends on what they they're in love with most. Okay, fair enough. All right, uh, Denver Broncos, Ryan's Denver Broncos. You love to see it. Uh, they have the number 15th pick overall, number 46, 77, 83, and 95. What are their needs, RJ? Yeah, most people think receiver at 15. I mean, that's the most common thing is putting Henry Ruggs there. And, uh, receiver isn't, isn't a huge need in the sense that they have a good number one in Cortland Sutton. So it's not like they're, they're limping along with, with bad receivers. Um, but you can see why you could bring a complimentary thing. So receivers, the inside linebacker, I think you want to get better at the inside linebacker position. That's not really a position they focused on much. They don't mind drafting a guy like Josie Jewell on day three and, and having him play significant snaps. So, uh, but I would still consider that a need. I think you could still add another corner. Um, I know that they've done some work at the cornerback position, but it seems like they're kind of stuck in neutral with what they had last year to what they have this year. And I think you could still add some more players there. So I wouldn't mind seeing Henry Ruggs at 15 or another receiver and then coming back getting a corner at 46, Igmanogany, Jalen Johnson, AJ Terrell, any of these guys that we talk about as late first, early second guys. Yeah, in the seven-round mock draft, I actually had him taking Henry Ruggs and then coming back and getting Jalen Johnson, the cornerback. In my latest mock draft, the two-rounder, had him taking Jerry Judy. He slipped to 15. I feel like he's there. You just take him. You don't even think about it. And then I had him taking Ezra Cleveland, the um, offensive tackle out of Boise State, at 46. Um, who knows if Garrett Bowles is ever going to turn into the first-round pick they were hoping for. He's 
gotten slightly better, but he's still sort of a penalty machine. And, and, and I think if you – He's a major penalty machine. If you think about addressing that need, especially with Drew Locke going into year one as the full-time starter from, from day one, then, you know, that makes some sense. But I like the idea of getting Drew Locke more weapons to go along with Noah Fanton, RJ mentioned Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon. I mean, this offense could be really good. I, I really do think it could be. I, do you think they would consider a quarterback at 15? I think they like Locke. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I, though, I mean, we talk about, I don't think they have, their needs are that pressing. You know, I, I mentioned three. I think after that, maybe you're looking at nose tackle, which you can get whenever. And then you have, can boost the offensive line help. I think they liked how Bulls played down the stretch. So I don't know that they're ready to move on from him. But because of that, they have three third round picks. I mean, you could package some picks and move up. 15 and 77 should be enough to get you to 11 where the Jets are. If there's a one receiver you have, you have an eye on. If you add 83, make 15, 77, 83, you can get to eight, you know, eight or nine. And you know, Jackson will be looking to move down and, and, and build up picks at nine. So, I mean, if they really have a guy they want to go get at eight, nine, 10, even 11, uh, you could burn some of these third rounders to go get them. Um, yeah, I and like I feel like too with Cortland Sutton, it would like a Henry Ruggs would be an unbelievable pairing to me for Cortland Sutton. I'm not saying you pass on on uh, on CD Lamb or, or Jerry Judy because of it. Just I just think he would be a nice pairing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense that you get, you get receivers that do different things. It just depends. Do you want that, that flexibility in your offense or do you have a type that you want? We've seen other teams like the Packers go out and get three, six, five guys on day three for their receiver position. That's just what they wanted to do. So I think it really just depends on the, on what LA wants to do, on what the, the, uh, the plan is at receiver. So any of those guys at the top three are good. You take them and you fit them into your offense however you want. All right. Uh, finally, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what are their needs? They have the 32nd overall pick after they won the Super Bowl, 63 as well, 96. What do they need to target here, RJ? Yeah, they brought Breland back last week, so that that was good. Um, that makes corner a less pressing need, but I still think it is their number one need because they needed to get better at corner anyway. So just because they retained one of their guys doesn't mean they should should just ignore the position. So you can see an AJ Terrell or Igbenogany or any of the guys we mentioned at corner at 32 um, center. I think they haven't replaced Mitch Morris yet to a level that they need for that offense. Even though that offense kind of trucks along and is as good as it is, you could still get better by having a, a solid guy there at center. So I think that could be a play in round two and. Then then defensive end, you could use some help. Agba's gone. Um, some more spots on the line. Guard could use more depth. Linebacker could use more depth. And you know, running back's a sleeper for some people at 32. I don't think you need to go high on a running back, but you could definitely see getting one in round two, three, four, some sometime in the draft at some point. Do you know? Uh, oh, sorry. I was going to say Andy. Andy Reid's only made four first round picks for the Chiefs. Kind of surprising. Yeah, it's worked out for him. Okay, maybe we shouldn't pan. No, I'm not knocking. I'm just saying. I mean, like he he trades down a lot, or they trade him away. No, I meant paying the Seahawks because they did a lot of that too. And it, as you pointed out before, it worked out for them. Yeah. And trade up. I mean, you trade two first round picks, one, one year to go up and get Mahomes. So yeah, it's, it's, sure. and they moved way, which factor to go up. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Marcus Peters, who was traded away later and D Ford, who was also traded away later, uh, before they needed new contracts. Just looking back on, we talked about the running back thing a lot. Um, and I know they've been linked, you know, like people put DeAndre Swift in there at 32. Um, Andy Reid never has never drafted a running back higher. And I think 58 overall when he took uh, LaShawn McCoy with the uh, with the Eagles. So maybe they're at the bottom of round two. That's what I would. Th- that's what I would look at. Yep. Yeah, I had him taking J.K. Dobbins in the seventh round, seven round mock draft in um, at the end of the second round. This most recent one, I had him taking Cesar Ruiz the center in the first round, and then cornerback Cameron Dantzler at the end of round two. But 
Uh, Debo points, Debo points out, by the way, that Shady McCoy was 53 overall, which is probably correct. I'm going to fact check him, but, uh, nice of Debo to, to embarrass me on my own show. I love the idea of you fact checking somebody. <laughs> he was 53. Yeah. I, oh, you know what? Uh, I bet Brian Westbrook was 58. Why would you know that? Uh, he was 91. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I saw 58 somewhere on here that he took a running back, or maybe I just. They have used the 50th overall pick on some position at some point. Andy Reid has drafted from the 58 spot once in his life. Yes. He just, he just never takes running backs that early. Like he always takes these running backs in the middle round. He knows how to find value. Yeah. And I think it make, that's what makes sense for this draft too. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Anything else on the Chiefs? I, I interrupted you, Ryan. So do you want to finish? No, I, I got around to what I was saying. Okay, cool. Uh, great job as always, fellas. Make sure and, uh, Check out the podcast feed. You can check out Mock Draft Monday, twelve to two or twelve to three. Actually, twelve to yeah, I think twelve to three on CBS Sports HQ should be a uh, wild ride as it always is on these crazy zany mock drafts and uh, most interesting teams tomorrow. Part one, along with defensive line and edge rankings with Chris Trapasso, RJ, and Ryan. I'm Will Benson. See you later.